This is Becoming Inclusive from the Kaleidoscope Group, where we're thinking differently about diversity, equity, and inclusion for more empowered people at work. We're committed to real change, and that begins with real conversations. Welcome in. Hi, Reggie Ponder, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Inclusive. I am so happy to have with me Mitch Brown, Senior Consultant of the Kaleidoscope Group with me. I, I, I have to tell you is that it's always great to talk with him. And so, Mitch, I just want to first say uh, welcome, welcome, man. Hey, good to be here, Reggie. You know it's always a good time when we get together. It, it, it really is. So I want to get right into this. We had our first discussion about why diversity is not enough with Chris Georges, the COO of the Kaleidoscope Group, and she talked about why diversity wasn't enough. Our second episode, we had an opportunity to talk to Margarita de Leon, the vice president of client services, and she talked about why inclusion is not enough. Now I get to talk to you about why equity is not enough. And before we talk about why it's not enough, let's get a little bit into what equity really is. And I always like your perspective on this. What, how would you say to people what equity looks like? In summation, it's efforts that an organization or a person takes to create fairness and opportunities for others where inequity exists. Wow, wow. So, you know, you, you came all academic on me and everything. So, so, so break that down to me. How, how would that look in an organization? Give me an example of that. Yeah, no problem. So a lot of times organizations or clients that I work with, right, uh, they want to be more equitable. Uh, that's something we're hearing a lot of nowadays. Uh, and in their efforts to be more equitable, they have to look throughout their organization and enterprise and look at uh, ways that they are inequitable. And a lot of times I tell people, well, how do you tell something like that? Uh, well, you can go and look at your outcomes. Uh, you can look at data, look at certain trends. Uh, and if there is an equitable representation across the diversity of your organization, uh, that's something you may want to look into, right? Uh, if you go and think about, uh, you know, things like in terms of benefits uh, and, you know, uh, oftentimes uh, what a lot of people are doing a lot of now, pay equity, right? And compensation. Uh, you can definitely uh, think about the distribution of your stakeholders in your organization uh, and, and, and what that means in terms of identity by some of the diversity demographics that, uh, you know, people like to, you know, know something about, you know, my racial uh, makeup, uh, my gender makeup, uh, you know, uh, generational makeup, other means of thinking about, you know, uh, how do you go about seeing and identifying what populations among your stakeholders may be experiencing some skewed outcome or inequity, right, that they're dealing with. And uh, most notably, really just specifically, really quick, or ready to answer your question. Uh, so if I have an issue with, you know, hiring and representation, uh, equity play might be going and looking at my hiring practices, saying that are we sourcing, right, in a very fair and representative way would be one example. I, I, I love that. When I, when I think about equity, I always think about the famous picture where you have these young three kids standing on a box that's the same and the the smaller kid is standing on the same box that the taller kid is standing on but can't see over the fence the middle kid barely can see over the fence but the taller kid really didn't need the box and it's like really has a a wonderful view talk about that as a as a illustration yeah uh that illustration you're talking about i hope a lot of people out there probably get a visual of that 
but this idea around that, you know, when I talk about understanding inequities, that you have to understand that people in the world that they live in uh, and the way that they exist, uh, it's not set up for me just like it is set up for everybody else, right? People are experiencing different realities. And one of the things that an equity play does is looks to uh, take in consideration, right, those different realities and seeing how we can address uh, maybe some of those uh, variances or discrepancies or some of just things that, again, no one's fault, right, uh, necessarily. Sometimes they may be uh, someone's uh, direct uh, fault. But uh, what are we doing as an organization, right, uh, to to help, right? So a lot of times, uh, you know, if you think about that picture, right, uh, what people, what they're trying to do, Reggie, is uh, basically the desired outcome is to be able to view the game, right? And one person is already tall enough to do that as is. Uh, another person is just tall enough that if they stand on a the box, they can get it. Another person, as you explained, if they stand on two boxes, they can get it. So the boxes are what? That equity play that allows them to do what? View the game just like the person who doesn't need a box can. And did the people who are shorter than the uh, tallest individual, did they do anything to be short? No, it's just what it is, right? It's part of their circumstance. Uh, so, you know, that's what that illustration is about. That's a little bit about, you know, how, uh, what equity is. So we can understand that in the sense of being tall and short, but it becomes a little murky for people when we start talking about things like a gender. So why, how, how do I have to give a different box or, or two boxes for someone from a gender perspective? Can you bring that into focus for us? Yeah, you know, it's tons of stuff out there. If you want to go Google, you're going to get several, several hits uh, when it comes to gender and something like pay equity. Probably like one of the uh, most notable topics in the equity space when it comes to gender dynamics. And for years, uh, you know, across many different industries and, and many different companies, you know, people have been doing some of the similar work or same work or in the same roles, functions, titles even, right? Uh, and there's the huge discrepancy between what they take home, right, and their male counterparts. So there it lies uh, one of the, uh, you know, and again, it's not a easy, it's not an easy issue to deal with. I don't want to speak to it. In that hold way. up, hold up, hold up, Mitch. See, see, you say it's not an easy issue. So I want to push back on that. For me, the issue of pay equity is an easy issue. It's there's, there's no, there are no winners or losers here. Is that you're making your, your fee. All we're saying is that somebody who does the same amount of work does the same, has the same title, gets paid equally. There, I, I don't understand why that's not solved. I don't understand what is difficult about that because that is clear cut. Help me. <laughs> you got Yeah, I mean, the concept definitely not, you know, it's very easy. And, I, and something that's easily agreeable with also, to me, if you're in the inclusion space, which that's something I want, something I need. The barrier is that most organizations and companies have their roles and responsibilities and duties and pay bands set up in such comprehensive and complicated ways. It's hard to sometimes make an argument about what's an orange to an orange. Uh, so, you know, that is where you a lot of times may see pushback. A lot of times you may see, uh, you know, a I would say something that doesn't allow the pace of a pay equity uh, program to really fulfill itself in some kind of, you know, again, uh, probably uh, what's acceptable to most people, 
you know, in terms of the pace at which something like that gets completed, implemented and real change is felt, it's because of those kind of things. So that's what I mean when I say it's not easy because you're working and navigating through those things. But the, but the idea, right, uh, you know, what we talk about pay equity, uh, equal pay uh, for, you know, let's take one from the United States uh, women's uh, soccer uh, national team, you know, uh, equal pay for equal play. You know, those things are something that everybody can rally behind and get behind. I mean, I hope, uh, you know, that that right there is a quintessential example of why equity is needed uh, and, and, and why it's important. One other thing about equity is that it, it seems to me that equity is about recognizing that there are barriers and or and or recognizing that there might be privilege in some different areas. And privilege is a whole different discussion, but I, I don't think we can have the equity discussion without at least touching on privilege a bit. And I, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I think so. I think you're right about that. I think uh, we talk about privilege uh, as the existence of um, uh, and the absence of barriers and the existence of unearned positive advantages. And what we simply mean by that is that uh, the existence and the way my life is set up, right? Again, I mentioned this before, isn't necessarily set up for everybody else like that. And privilege isn't something that necessarily has to mean what you think it means, right? Sometimes we otherize the concept as if like, hey, if we're not rich, famous, that kind of thing. Surely we're not privileged. Well, that's not the case. You can be privileged in many different ways, especially, right? When so you mentioned something, Reggie, within the context of an organizational culture, uh, there may be authority, power, uh, there may be certain organizational cultural dynamics based upon my personality, who I am, that I'm privileged within that construct. Right. Uh, so and, and why is it an important concept to know something about, at least when it comes to who you are as a person? A lot of our content, we work through identifying self-privilege because that's our philosophy. You understand where you are. Why? I'm best situated uh, to create fairness and equity for others based upon, again, my position of power, privilege, so on. So there's that connection, right? Fairness, opportunity, creating that for others. Becoming Inclusive is presented by the Kaleidoscope Group, your full-service diversity, equity, and inclusion partner serving clients worldwide. We can help you develop organizational change that actively engages everybody in your organization, turning resistance into energy and motivation for change. Let's talk about where you'd like to go and how to get there. Start with a visit to kgdiversity.com. And if I give you an anecdotal example here, let's take like uh, uh, women's suffrage or the right to vote, right? And if you look back uh, along like that piece of history and you think about, well, who is uh, in you know Congress or in legislation, right? With the ability to give you know women the right to vote. Well, it wasn't any women in Congress or the legislation, right? So it took men who were what? In a position of privilege and power to create fairness and opportunities for others by passing that legislation and doing the such. So much like that, in an anecdotal example, right? That's more of a grand kind of, you know, historical reference. But that's where the opportunity lies, I think, with a lot of what we can do and how we show up uh, every day in terms of understanding what part we can play. See, see, this this is why I like talking to you, because I love that. I think that that's a great, great antidote. So now we, we got equity. And the, the title of this episode is Why Equity is Not Enough. So we, we've defined it. We've we kind of gotten into it. So I want to ask you, why is equity not enough? 
You know, it was a tricky question. And preparing for this podcast, Reggie, I had to tell you, I thought that it was a trick question because I thought equity was enough. I thought equity was the uh, one of the most, uh, you know, I think priority things that or primary things that, that one should be worried about in our business. Uh, but then I thought more deeply about it. And I said, you know what? It's not enough because it's not enough in its isolation. It needs things to complement it. Uh, so you've already talked to Chris Georges about, you know, diversity. You've talked to Margarita, uh, who is uh, my work auntie. Hey, Margarita, about inclusion. And I think, you know, what's next and, you know, and not to give any kind of, uh, you know, uh, a preview for the audience, but we may talk a little bit about this idea of unity. And unity is about this idea that it's not going to be some of us, but it's going to take us all. And when it takes us all, right, uh, you know, equity is one of those things where if you're creating fairness and opportunities for others, by definition, sometimes you're doing things that are going against the grain or you're going against, uh, you know, maybe uh, the status quo, if you will. You're doing things differently in a way. And some people, right, or some entities or will resist that or will feel some type of way about the change. So the unity piece is something that makes that that full circle, right? It helps people understand that equity is not about uh, necessarily leaving others out, right? Uh, but really calling people in. Uh, I've heard people talk about that and say that before. And I think the unity play is is that big piece, right? So that's why, to me, equity is not enough. Uh, you need these other components of the diversity, equity, inclusion, and uh, you know the kaleidoscope group philosophy around unity. You need those plays. It's, it's, it's really interesting because I am of the same mind of you. I'm saying to myself, if we can get to equity, I'm going to be pretty darn happy because but I, I really do understand when you talk about that, you you need that diversity and you need that that inclusion. I, I believe and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Mitch. I believe that when the industry of diversity began, so to speak, that it was all about equity. But that that was the foundation of what diversity was talking about. It wasn't just talking about, hey, let's just put a couple of people in a, in a spot that it was like the equity was uh, undergirded that, if you will. And yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts of that. I think historically, when you look at American history, uh, inclusion has uh, much been a story and a narrative built around first, I think, gender. Uh, and then it moved in the civil rights movement to be much about race. Uh, and, and subsequently, maybe more about, you know, uh, LGBTQ uh, plus rights and so on and so on. So I think what you've had and, and what you've seen is that because of the inequitable uh, circumstances, in some cases are so egregious uh, that what we've had to do is, you know, like my example earlier is legislate uh, inclusion. Right. And that is a lot of times how equity plays come to pass. So in many ways, you know, I agree with you, Reggie, you know, somebody looks at something like affirmative action, right? Uh, that's not a new concept, right? Uh, it's a, a, a very older concept and actually one that, you know, I think is misinterpreted and misconstrued uh, that people think that that, uh, you know, that uh, affirmative action was just about, you know, people of color when it's really just about underrepresented entities within the workplace. Uh, which at the time was not only really about people of color, but also a lot about uh, women and things like that as well. Uh, subsequently, things like Title IX came along and those kind of things. So I think that, yeah, because circumstances are so egregious, we had to start with equity. And we kind of, you know, again, ramped up the diversity uh, amongst uh, pretty much, you know, the, the, the corporate workplace, the educational academia workplace. So we have to value and leverage differences because, you know what, we just got a uh, you know, we we got a we got an organization or we got a school just looks 
totally different than it did traditionally. And inclusion and diversity became more of a, more of a I guess, a forward thinking kind of thing rather than equity, because in, in some ways, right, equity, uh, equity doesn't necessarily have to be something that's perpetual, so to speak, right? Uh, good equity plays maybe address the situation and allow you to create that fairness and, and, and opportunities for others. And once you have it, right, what do you do from there? Uh, so I think, you know, again, uh, your comment around, hey, that seems like where we started, right? And, and, and I think it's still need for that as we go along because uh, some issues that we've had never get addressed or they never get resolved in a way that's, that's um, you know, satisfactory and maybe in some ways to some individuals, but uh, that's a good point to kind of point out and just a couple of thoughts around that. Here's a question for you, Mitch. Uh, do you believe that you can have equity without diversity and inclusion? I think you can. Um, I, I would just on just coming off the top of my head, I, I don't know if you would be very successful or you would have, you know, what I would call operational excellence, uh, because a lot of times equity without great support and communication, uh, again, in terms of the receptivity of how people uh, think about what's happening is, is, is unique. It, it, here's the example I'll give. Um, if you I, let's stick with the common uh, the example we've been using uh, prior, you know, about representation. Right. And if an organization says, you know what, uh, my organization isn't particularly diverse and that's problematic because of the marketplace that we serve, uh, the communities in which we operate. We want to be more representative of both the people we sell sprockets to and the you know places where we build our manufacturing plants uh, to make these sprockets. So, yes, we want to make an effort to do something about that. So, OK, that's the, on the table. Right. So your equity play might be, you know what, uh, we're going to go and make sure we have, you know, what they call in the NFL, the Rooney rule. So that's really just a diverse sl a slate of candidates. Right. Um, so if we don't have two or three diverse candidates, we won't move on a job. Uh, what else what might we do? We might make sure that we uh, diversify our interviewing panels. Right. Uh, we might make sure we look at our discussion guys and make sure that there's no culturally biased wording, terminologies, those things like that. So you do all these things, right? And then you get the new hires and guess what? By golly, you start to get some more diverse representation. So that was a whole description of an equity play. Now to your question, if you don't have inclusion uh, as a part of that, and inclusion is more about as a people leader or a people manager or somebody who's in talent acquisition, how do you support that hire, right? Because uh, you just can't leave it at, hey, we did the equity play and the other person's here. Because now you have to deal with this idea of what some people might have a preconceived notion. Oh, this person was just hired because what? They're different. Right. Uh, and then if you do that, you may sabotage, sabotage that person's experience. You do that. Then when we talk about unity, you already create another wedge, which which doesn't allow for the camaraderie, the team collaboration. So inclusion in this example of a good inclusive behavioral skill from a people leader is supporting around communicating around the hire. Hey. This person met all the qualifications and needs that we have for this job, but this person also adds something to our team, right, that we haven't had. And that's why this person is of a value. So that's a very much conversation than saying, oh, you know, I hired Mitch Brown because we got this diversity thing going on. And yeah, we're super equitable, right? But uh, we're probably not a happy place to work. Well, well, Mitch, you you know, I, I'd love to sit here and talk with you forever and and, and try to have you on. But I don't want to leave without if, if there's a, an additional point that you might want to make as to why equity is not enough. Yeah, again, I, I just think, you know, equity is one of those things that's very important. Right. 
Uh, but as the example I just gave you, you know, equity has to be supported uh, and complemented by efforts around uh, inclusive behavioral skills. And that's in how you communicate with others, how you lead others, uh, and really how you give people cultural competence skills to, uh, you know, really just have what I call operational excellence. And, you know, again, equity could definitely give you the results you want, uh, but you can't think about them in a vacuum. You got to consistently be thinking about you are, uh, you know, curating a culture uh, mm -hmm. that is has significant biodiversity. And you got to always kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, know that and understand that your, all of your stakeholders have different emotions, different feelings, different things. And if you're leading the organization or you're a leader or you're out there and you're leading this work, uh, it's important that you, uh, you know, obviously you can't be everything to everybody, uh, but you need to be uh, all things as, as much as you can, right, in terms of unifying uh, all of those different stakeholders and stuff like that. So that's why it's not enough, because, again, uh, what we're looking to accomplish here is unity and, and true, true inclusion. Mitch, I, again, thank you as usual. Uh, we're, we're absolutely going to have to have you on again. You brought up a couple of issues that I know we'll need to talk about, be it with you or even some of your colleagues, the, this whole issue about unity that you 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 previewed that for us, man. So that that's one that we really do need to talk about. And then uh, uh, and delve a little bit deeper, I think, into that whole privileged discussion, because we basically only scratched the surface here. I'm Reggie Ponder, and this is Becoming Inclusive, and that is Mitch Brown. Thanks again, Mitch. Thanks for joining us, and a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Becoming Inclusive is presented by the Kaleidoscope Group, your full-service diversity, equity, and inclusion partner serving clients worldwide. Learn more and continue the conversation at kgdiversity.com.